are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. I tell you, I'm enjoying the warm weather. How about you guys? My gosh, it's hard to believe that just a few weeks ago, it was like subarctic temperatures. You know, was that two weeks or three weeks ago? Was it two, three? It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't long ago, man. It just felt like we were in a, living in Alaska or something. And, and I, I experienced something. I don't know if you guys experienced something. This was kind of new to Kansas, I think. Rolling blackouts. Anybody get to experience one of the rolling blackouts? Yeah? Uh, last Sunday, our, t- our power went out for like three hours in the middle of the night. And I don't know what was going on. And I think they just choose people to pick on. You know, and it's weird to wake up in the middle of the night and there's no lights. And uh, Mary needs a light, a uh, little night light because she's afraid of the dark. Anybody else afraid of the dark? You know, and no, night light wasn't working, you know, so I'm just teasing. And, uh, but to look outside in your neighborhood and there's no lights. No lights at all. It's just kind of weird. And Texas had it worse than us before, you know, so I'm glad to be in Kansas, I guess. But... Um, <coughs> I always say that, you know, our, our, uh, our ancestors were brave people who set out for California and Texas and exotic places, and they got to Kansas, and they thought, eh, this is good enough. Let's just, let's just stay here, you know? So usually, usually it's uncomplicated here, but, uh, but losing electricity can be kind of challenging for us, can it? Especially when it's really cold outside, you're worried your, your pipes are going to freeze. But there's another scary issue with losing power. And that is, um, it gets quiet, doesn't it? You know, that all that you know, no appliances, no TV, no, no Alexa, nothing. You know, it's just quiet, and you can't even hear the fridge buzzing. It's just eerily quiet. You know, I don't know. I, th- I think uh, we're really used to the noise, aren't we? We're really used to the noise. Silence is a rare commodity for a lot of us these days, and it can be hard to find. And uh, I don't know about you, but I try to avoid silence probably more than I should. I I like to have noise. There's probably a lot of reasons for that. I'm just used to it. Uh, If I'm in the car, I'm going to turn on the radio, or I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I find myself filling all the I started to say dead space. That's not right, is it? The empty space in my life with, with noise a lot of times because I want to maximize opportunities and, and learn as much as I can. But um, uh, we've got devices on us all the time. We've got things we can listen to. I've got my go-to games. How many of you guys have your go-to games on your phone? You know, Word, Wordscapes, Candy Crush, Got your, got your games, you know, I've got those, and, you know, we're used to being entertained all the time and having noise, and I think a lot of us, I've noticed it myself more lately, we just get distracted because we've always got noise and other things going on, and we can barely stand the silence, and then when the power goes out, it's just weird because we're just not used to, to quiet. Um, maybe I could say it like this, uh, are, are we addicted to noise? Are we addicted to noise? So how do you, how do you deal with uh, silence and solitude? Do you, do you feel uncomfortable with it? Do you like it? Do you like it when there's quiet, there's nothing to do, it's just, it's just silence? If I were to stop speaking right now, 
Don't, don't applaud. If I were to stop speaking and we just got quiet for 15 or 20 minutes this morning and did nothing but sit together, would that be weird? Would it be strange? Would you find it valuable? Yet one of my best sermons I ever gave, embarrassingly so, involved silence, and it wasn't on purpose. Um, I was uh, preaching at our infusion youth camp, youth camp years ago in Murray, Kentucky, and I was talking about Paul and how he was in jail in prison, Paul and Silas, and God rescued them with an earthquake and all the doors flung open. And we were talking about how sometimes you, before they got in, thrown into prison, they got beat and flogged and then thrown into prison and then the miracle happened. And sometimes we've got to go through some pain along the way to a miracle sometimes. And I thought it was a great message. And I was kind of excited. And I experienced something preaching that I've never really ever heard before. I just heard the Holy Spirit in my brain um, say, shut up. <laughs> it wasn't, please be quiet. It wasn't, stop talking for a few minutes. <laughs> it, was just like a, it was just like this. So I'm, I'm talking and I hear this. And so in mid-sentence, I just stop like, Man, what was that all about? And I finished my sentence, and I said, you know, I think the Lord wants us to just be quiet for a moment. Now, that's a great strategy when you've got 300 teenagers in a room. Okay, let's just be quiet for a while, right in the middle of the sermon. So we just stopped, and it was just quiet, like this, except there are 300 teenagers. And I said, let's just, let's just listen to the Lord, let's just pray. And I'll never forget, um, <laughs> I was standing on the stage so I could see the room, and 300 kids just get quiet. And it was like looking at an ocean. And the Holy Spirit just began to come and stir the waters. <laughs> Over here, kids start praying. Over here, kids start crying. Over here, kids just start singing. Nobody conducting, nobody make anything happen, just the Holy Spirit coming and people responding to it. And it was just beautiful. You know, I always say the Lord's a better preacher than me. <laughs> when he comes to speak, we're going to let him speak, you know. And I'm watching this happen, and my, my leaders, you know, leaders like to talk. Pastors like to preach, you know. And everybody's coming up to grab the microphone, wanting to say something to the teens. I'm like, I had to fight them away. Like, no, do you just leave this alone? We're just going to let God do this. And, and the Lord just moved, and it was just incredible. And we got done, and I gave the easiest altar call I've ever given in my entire life and said something basically like, you guys have seen the Lord this week, and you've seen God move tonight. And I just think some of you guys are ready to give your life to the Lord Jesus. And about 40 kids has come rushing up wanting to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and just make him the Lord and king of their life. And it was just really cool. But it, it happened not through great preaching. It happened through silence and just letting God speak. You know, we've been in a series talking about the presence of the Lord. We're just kind of getting ready for the things that God's wanting to do. And of course, God has shown all the way through the Bible, he wants people, his people to experience his presence all the way through from Genesis till today. And it's important to know, I think, that silence can be a great place to experience the Lord. You know? We, we tend to, and I think our culture creates this, and probably I create it some, but we tend to think that God comes and he speaks through activity, through, through music and through preaching and through serving and through small group discussion 
through all this activity and noise, God's going to show up. But what we don't realize is that silence is one of the greatest spaces for the Lord to make his presence known. In fact, I'd say this, I think that we can and do miss the presence of the Lord in the middle of all the activities sometimes. Do you know that? And I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm one of the ones to blame because this has been hard for my life. I think when we get quiet, and I'm not talking about just you know, here when we meet, although we're learning how to do that, but just in our personal lives and space, that places of quiet and rest and solitude and quiet can just be places for us to meet with the Lord and, and hear His voice and listen. Now, we all know the verse, don't we? Psalms 46.10. We all have heard this before. Be still. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And he's saying in that verse, hey, be quiet. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be exalted among the nations. I'm going to be exalted in the earth. And he's telling us what he wants to do. Sometimes it takes a rolling blackout <laughs> to put it into practice, doesn't it? <laughs> well, many, uh, many secular studies and research show there's a lot of benefits to silence. Let me give you a few things. Let's say for our body. Let's talk about our physical bodies for a minute. Do you know that silence and rest and quiet lowers blood pressure? That can help prevent a heart attack. Uh, it boosts the body's immune system. It boosts brain chemistry by growing new cells. It decreases stress by lowering blood cortisol levels and our adrenaline. It's good for our, our mind and our emotions. I don't know if you've ever found this to be true. Silence helps us to concentrate. You ever been doing something and there's just all this noise? I'm like, no, just be <laughs> got to get out, away from the noise because I need to concentrate. Silence helps us to concentrate and focus. Um, it enhances creativity. Helps provide a sense of peace and calm. Helps even give you some more patience, <laughs> which we need. And silence is good for our spirit, too. I think silence, don't you think it helps us get in tune with what's important in life when we can think? I think a lot of times we're afraid of what's in here, so we just keep a lot of activity, and it can be easy to mask it with activity because we don't want to go deep. <laughs> we don't know what's in there sometimes. I know I struggle with that sometimes. Um, solitude and silence and quiet can actually be a spiritual discipline that we can exercise to help us encounter his presence. And that's good for us. And it means simply we separate ourselves from the noise, the activity, activity the busyness that we normally experience, and we be still and know that he is God. It's good for us. So let me ask you a question today. Do you think that you could benefit from a little more quiet and rest and solitude in your life? Do you think there's some benefit there for you? The Bible talks about this, oddly enough, all the way from Genesis to today, you know, all the way through to Revelation and speaks to us through the Holy Spirit today. But there's one passage in the, in the book of Joshua I want to look at today. So can we, can we stand together in honor of God's Word? And we're going to read Joshua 6, 2 through 5. It's 2 or 3. Two or three uh, screens, so anybody who wants to can read a screen, and we'll go through it. 
But the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have handed Jericho over to you, with its king and the violent warriors, and you shall march around the city, all the men of, of war circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns in front of the, of the ark. Then on the seventh day you shall march shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down down flat and the people shall go up everyone straight ahead all right you may be seated thank you now i i love this account for a lot of reasons uh the lord had just brought his people out of egypt and through the harsh wilderness and he never left their side the whole time, didn't he? He was with them the whole time, even when they rebelled, even when they were cranky. You ever get cranky? Even when they were disobedient. Um, even when they re- just out, out, out rejected his leadership and his plans. He stayed with them, brought them to the promised lands, and he gives them this instruction for the first battle. <laughs> and he meets with Joshua. He says, okay, here's, Joshua, here's what I want you to tell the people we're going to do. We're going to tell them to get together, and we're going to march around the city once per day for six days. And Joshua says, then we're going to attack. And he says, no, we're going to march around the city for six days. On the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. And then I want you to shout, and then I'm going to knock the walls down, and you're going to take the city. And... I don't know if Joshua added this last part, but you can see him explaining this to the people. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do, guys, you know. And probably never in the history of modern warfare has a strategy been tried before, you know, marching around the city. And he, I don't know if he, if he sensed this from the Lord or just added it on his own, but in verse 10 he says this, but Joshua commanded the people saying, you shall not shout, nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed from your mouth. Until the day I tell you, shout, and then you shall shout. Now imagine the scene. There's a million, million and a half people marching around the city for, for seven days. A lot of anticipation. This is the first battle. What's going to happen? Probably a lot of doubts about the strategy. You know, Joshua, maybe he left something out that was really important. You know, uh, we, don't, we don't know. But they heard the second hand from Joshua and you, they had to be wondering about what's going on. Now, how far around the city of Wichita do you think it is? If we marched around Wichita, how, how many miles do you think that would be? You know, maybe, maybe 40, 40, 50 miles. Uh, Jericho was probably like 
two or three miles, most experts believe. Um, probably took him an hour a day, hour and a half a day, uh, six or seven hours on the seventh day, but nobody spoke. A million and a half people walking around the city, nobody spoke. I don't know if they, did they have their kids with them? When they marched, <laughs> shh, be quiet. Mom, why are we walking around the set? Shh, quiet. I don't, I don't know if that happened or not. It was probably just the soldiers, but you know, somebody, you know, you got these extreme extroverts, probably wanting to crack jokes, say some things. Nobody talked. They just marched in silence. And I'm thinking, this is me, the extrovert, <laughs> you know, the pastor. Why didn't Joshua say, okay, I want you to quote scripture when you march around the city? I want you to encourage your neighbor in the Lord. We're going to sing worship songs, you know, as we march around the city. That would have been my strategy. Uh, but he's told him to be quiet. And my, my, here, my biggest question about Scripture sometimes is just like, why? You know, God, why, why that way? What do you think they, talk, they thought about when they're marching? Uh, did the doubts grow in silence? Could you imagine the sound of a million and a half people just walking side by side around the city. A million people, the noise, of, and that's the only sound you heard was their footsteps. It had to be strange. See, I think silence is a strange strategy for life, but it just sounds so much like the Lord because <laughs> it's so different. <laughs> it sounds like something he would design, something that he would use. And I would say this, and I'm learning this, you know, some, some things, as I speak, it's kind of like, you know, you know, no one's perfect, but I think I kind of got this down a little bit sometimes. And this is one I'm like, man, I am in prog- process on this one. And I'm learning, and I'm creating space, but I think God made us for times of silence. I think he built that into us. I think we need it. For limited times, for seasons, you know, not all the time, maybe for some people, but for some sake of some spiritual benefit. It's like taking a Sabbath from noise, an audio fast, and just little microbursts sometimes, breaks from normal hearing. Now, I heard someone say this once, um, that silence and solitude are not ideal states, but more rhythms of life to steady us for a fruitful return to people and noise. I had a friend named John back in Illinois, and John said, this is kind of his strategy, and John was always a pretty simple guy in his communication. He said, man, get around people, and when people wear you out, get around the Lord and be with him, and then come be around people again. And then you gotta go be around the Lord again, and you gotta, you know, there's these rhythms of, we can't be around people all the time, we can't be around noise all the time. There's gotta be some silence and solitude. And and don't you think God designed this to give us an advantage in this noisy age? To hear from him, to dial out the distractions, uh, to have our body and our souls and our minds and our spirits blessed. And maybe even as a strategy to help us participate in some victories. Maybe it is. Now this is hard for us, especially the extroverts. You know, for me, I'm not pursuing silence in my life a lot of times. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my uh, biggest fears is boredom. Anybody afraid of being bored? Nothing to do, you know. I, I get afraid of being bored. I like to always have something going on. Uh, 
Boredom happens when we have empty space in our lives and we don't have a plan for it sometimes. We get, we get bored. Um, Mary and I went to breakfast on, uh, on that really cold, that Monday after uh, about three weeks ago when it was really, really, really cold. And my family always had a tradition that on the worst weather day of the year, we go out for lunch or go out for breakfast. We'd, always, we'd load up the station wagon back in the day, and we'd head out on the worst day of the year, the worst snow, the blizzard. Let's go to Ponderosa. Remember Ponderosa? Back in the day, we'd go to Ponderosa. And anyway, we're at a restaurant having breakfast. And I love it because it doesn't get cold here most of the time, does it? You know, it's just, we don't, we're not used to it. So we're sitting in this restaurant, and we're downtown, a lot of glass, and I see people coming into the restaurant, and you can tell that we're Kansans. We're not used to dressing for extreme cold because it was just a hodgepodge mismatch of clothing all thrown together to provide warmth. You know, it wasn't stylish. It was, you know, orange, different colors that didn't match and different things that didn't match, but hey, I'm warm. And we're watching people come in, and this couple comes in, and they're all bundled up, and they come and sit behind us, and uh, just, just notice them because they just look so funny with all the bundles of clothes, you know? And uh, sometimes it's not even the, uh, you know, it's, it's just the sheer weight of the clothing provides exercise for us that heats our bodies, I think. And they were sitting behind us, and I forgot about them. We got up to leave, and I turned around, I didn't, I didn't hear them. And I, and I looked at the, this couple sitting side by side, young couple, kind of pick on millennials a little bit, looking down, and guess what, they were both side by side, texting on their phones, you know. A moment of quiet, a moment of togetherness, and then they're just engaged in the phones. And I thought, huh, and I, I won't say that I've never done that, and Mary and I have never done that, but I laugh because here's this great chance for interaction and, and, and quiet, and they're missing valuable time. It's okay sometimes just to be together in silence. It's okay to be together with the Lord in silence. There doesn't always have to be something going on. And maybe that's what Joshua had in mind for the people. Now, I don't know about you, silence also can create some anxiety in our lives. You ever found this to be true? When I sit alone and I'm quiet, wounds from the past can resurface, can't they? Hurts that we haven't thought about because we've been so busy start to come up. It's like, huh, I hadn't thought about that in years. Where'd that come from? And all of a sudden, there it is. Uh, Sometimes our minds drift towards sinful thoughts in quiet. Because we're just not used to focusing our mind where it needs to go because we don't have a lot of silence. Sometimes, for me, mistakes I've made throughout my life, when I'm quiet and I'm still, I'm I'm just thinking or I'm praying, all of a sudden these mistakes that I've made (laughs) start to show up in my life sometimes in the quiet. I'm like, man, where is that stuff coming from? So I have to force myself to focus and get past that stuff and just let that stuff come to the surface because it's coming up for a reason, you know? Uh, One benefit of silence is just searching our own souls. You know, that'd be a great response. What'd you do today? I searched my soul, (laughs) you know? Got quiet and I searched my soul, you know? We can interact with the Lord about these things when mistakes come up, you know? God, what blind spots do I have in my life that I'm just not seeing, you know? Uh, What am I neglecting or repressing, pushing down in my life I don't want to deal with? How am I doing in life? 
Where do I need to refocus? Because I think part of the purpose of quiet is letting things come up, and then we got to wrestle with it, and we got to deal with it, and we got to look at it and stare at it. And I think God wants to come alongside of us, not in activity usually, but in quiet to help us deal with these things. Now, one of the benefits of church is that we have relationships when we're having trouble processing things, we can talk to each other sometimes in a safe place. Sometimes we need to see a therapist or a counselor. Like, man, all this stuff's coming up in my life, I don't know why, and we, and we get someone to talk to. It's, it's okay for that. I mean, we need that sometimes. But it happens usually through quiet. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm not good at fighting distractions. You know, what's, what was that movie that has the squirrels? You know, where the dog sees a squirrel, he's talking about that, squirrel, that's me, you know, all the, all the time. Distractions are everywhere. You know, I'll sit down and have quiet time with the Lord, and I remember things I forgot to do the day before. I think of emails I need to send, things coming up in my day, things I'm frustrated about. And I've realized I can't be surprised by those things anymore. I have a plan. My plan is I bring a piece of paper, and when something comes up, that I, I, I feel this urge to, you know, I'll just bounce around like a ping pong ball because I got so many things to do. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll just write it down, push it to the side. Something else comes up, let's write it down, <laughs> push it to the side. When I'm done with my quiet time, I'm going to go and I'll, I, I'll deal with these things, but right now I'm not going to deal with it. Turn off the phone. When's the last time you powered your phone off? <laughs> that's our constant companion, isn't it? We have access to everything on that thing. Put it in the other room, turn it off. Don't beat yourself up if you don't do it well. But we have got to find some ways to get quiet and to rest and to listen and to deal with it. Um, do you think that Joshua and the people faced distractions as they walked around Jericho? Now, if, you, if you're a believer, any avid VeggieTale watchers from back in the day, I think that, was it the peas? We're throwing stuff at them and making fun of them. Peas talking, they're French peas, I remember. They're speaking French and ridiculing them as they walked around. And I'm sure there were distractions. But I think as these guys were, were walking in silence, this is just what I see in my mind. I think their focus strengthened. I think anticipation grew for what God was going to do. I think their faith grew. I think they heard God's encouragement in their minds, and I think their resolve developed. And that silence, seven days of silent marching, was a perfect setup for a victory. Because guess what? <laughs> I think God wants to bring victory into our lives, but it's going to take some quiet and some listening and some focus and probably some uncomfortable moments. I think this is what he wants to do. Because here's some good things that can happen in our lives in the silence. Uh, silence uh, provides the best space for listening. When we're quiet and nothing's happening, we can listen. You know, God normally won't speak over you. Sometimes he did. You know, I went through this season of my life where God would speak to me in the middle of the night. At first I thought that was pretty cool until I felt the Holy Spirit whisper, you know why I'm speaking to you in the night? because you're so darn busy during the day, you don't have room to listen to me. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And I had to learn to provide, uh, create some silence so I could hear him. But he doesn't speak over us usually. You know, a lot of times we can't, we're not hearing God. 
You know, if you're not hearing God speak to you, maybe it's just because you're too busy and you're too active and there's too much noise around you. You know, prayer is hard for us because prayer involves usually some silence. We pray on Tuesday nights together and sometimes the Holy Spirit just comes and words just sound ridiculous in the presence of the Holy Spirit sometimes. Sometimes we pray and we're talking and we're interacting and sometimes we're just quiet because the Lord comes and it's just silence. I think silence is interesting when we're alone, but when you're around a bunch of people and everybody's quiet together, that can really be strange. And we experience that a lot in prayer. Now I had a friend, a pastor friend in Wabui, Kenya, and his name was Peter. And the Lord led him to start a church in the city of Wabui. And I got to preach there when I was there a few years ago. And he, he took me, he said, I wanna, he said, I wanna show you something. And he, he knows I'm a busy American who listens to podcasts and music all the time. He said, I wanna show you something. So he walked me over to this house. And when I say house, that's a generous term. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was like a sod house. It wasn't a hut, it was a house. Had rooms. Uh, there, were, there were windows with nothing in them at all. It was just empty space, uh, dirt floor, no electricity. And he said, you know, I really felt the Lord lead me to this house for a week before I started my church. And I looked at him and said, what'd you do? He said, nothing. Nobody, nothing. I just sat here and listened to the Lord. I said, well, how did that go? He said, it was really hard, <laughs> but I knew that I needed to get quiet to hear from the Lord before I started this work. And I'll never forget that. And he did it. <laughs> and I got to preach there. It was a pretty cool place. Silence also provides space for looking. It provides space for hearing, but it provides space for looking. Looking at what God's doing in our lives, looking at what God's doing around us. I think one thing we've been talking about is the Lord wants us to be aware of what he's doing in a room when we're in it. You know, one thing I do when we're together, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing in this room? But that's not just for church, it's for everywhere. And God wants us to see what he's doing around us. So I was at my dad's house up in Illinois. He had a doctor's appointment. I took him to the doctor's appointment, and I just sat in the lobby. And I did what I instinctively do when I'm by myself and I got a few moments to kill. I reached for my phone. <laughs> A little candy crush, a little wordscape, a little something. And I just felt the Holy Spirit whisper says, no, just, what, what am I doing in this room, Greg? Set the phone down. Okay. Just got still. Just looked, listened. The whole time, Dad was in his appointment. I didn't do anything but just listen. And I saw a lady sitting over here. So I just began to pray for her. Saw a receptionist over here behind a, a little window. Prayed for her. And it ended up being just a rich, really interesting time of just looking at what God was doing. Uh, you know, I deliver mail during the week, and I always have podcasts or some, radio or something going. One thing I've started to do is just turn off the noise and just listen. Uh, not only helps me deliver the mail better, <laughs> but I just tune into my neighborhoods, and I pray for my neighborhoods, and I pray for the people that I meet, and I just hear what the Lord said. And sometimes it's like a fire hydrant where the Lord is just speaking in the silence and I'm hearing his voice. I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I turned off the radio and just tuned in. God wants to show us what he's doing. Sometimes we've got to go for a walk in the woods. Anybody like to go for a walk in the woods? You, 
You love to meet God in nature. Sometimes we just got to get out and just, and just get, get silent in the woods, go for a walk, and be in an isolated place. Silence also promotes wisdom. How many bad choices do we make because we don't get still and listen? We just charge into the next thing and we've done something stupid. <laughs> the Lord loves that quiet that we can create in our lives because it gives us a chance to tune into Him and hear His wisdom for our lives. Jesus did this all the time in the Bible. When you read through the Gospels, and we're going to start digging into some of these things, uh, so His solitude and silence, His choices for solitude and silence were everywhere. When He got baptized, what did He do? He went into the wilderness for 40 days by himself, the wilderness, <laughs> 40 days, and was just quiet, and just was tempted, and dealt with some stuff, and heard from the Lord, and then he came out ready to go. When he chose his 12 guys, the, the apostles, he got away from the place he was staying, went up to a, it said a, a lonely place. <laughs> Who wants to go to a lonely place? That's what Jesus did. And, and the Lord showed him the 12 guys to choose because he had like 72 guys and he chose 12 to be his inner circle. When he prepared for crucifixion and just faced that tough time, he brought his guys with him. He left um, nine of them, went on with three. Then he left the three and went on more by himself. He chose silence and solitude to prepare for the ordeal of crucifixion that he was going to deal with. The Lord Jesus knew that even though he, he was the Lord, as a human being, he needed silence and solitude to prepare for the big ministry tasks and just dealing with the emotions of things that he had to deal with. You know, we don't think of Jesus had human emotions. He was 100% God, 100% man. To deal with his emotions and the stress, he would get alone. And, and hear from the Lord. He modeled it for us. How can we think that we don't need it, if even Jesus needed it? Because in these times of silence, God can download some wisdom. Anybody need that today? Anybody got some decisions going on that, I, mean, I got some decisions to make in my life, you know? Um, I love what it says in Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. <laughs> this might be a word for somebody today. Even a fool, when he keeps silence, is considered wise, <laughs> When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. <laughs> you know, it makes us look smarter. Uh, Proverbs twenty-one twenty-eight: a false witness will perish, but a person who listens will speak forever. The Lord can give downloads in these times of quiet. And the last one is this. I think silence just builds anticipation for what God is doing. Um, I... I you might find this surprising. I find my, I, I drift towards negativity sometimes. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm paying attention to what's going around me all the time. Politically, socially, uh, my own sphere, my family, my world. I just pay attention a lot. I'm tuned in for whatever reason to what's going on around me. And I tell you, sometimes I can just drift towards being a little, a little negative. And I tell you, one thing that happens is when we get quiet, God builds hope and tells us what he's doing. Because I love that, that song we sing, Waymaker. He's always working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. God's working. And he wants to infuse us with some hope about the things that he's doing because he's in control and, and he's at work. 
And I remember the scene in the book of Revelation um, where John is in heaven in the spirit and he's watching this, this scene unfold of, of end time events. And I think we're close. End time events. And a scroll, they'd open a scroll in the scene. He was, he was there in the spirit. He saw it. Um, and they, they would open a scroll and then an angel would read the scroll and then it would happen on earth. And they were going through scrolls. When they got to the seventh scroll, when that was open, Revelation 8.1, it says this, when the lamb broke the seventh seal, the Lord Jesus, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Isn't that interesting? When the seventh seal was broken, everything got quiet. Now, when I think of heaven, I don't think of quiet. There's living creatures going around the throne and they're, they're making declarations about who God is. They're throwing their, their crowns at his feet. They're declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's got to be music, you know. There's got to be something going on, some, some music going on in heaven. Laughing, celebrating, um, shouting. But they read the scroll and in heaven it just got silent for 30 minutes. I don't know why it says 30 minutes. That's 30 minutes of silence seems interminable, doesn't it? It seems really, really long. And nobody said a word. And they got so locked into what God was going to do, they were anticipating it. Everyone just got quiet, and they they, they leaned in. What's going to happen next? They got quiet, and man, they're focused, and they're locked in. And it wasn't just boredom or distraction, but it was like, what's going to happen? And they're, they're leaning into what the Lord's going to do. And the picture of that for me helps me. That the Lord just wants us to get with him and lean in. What's he going to do next? <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Man, God's doing something great on the earth. He's doing something great in my life. He's something doing, great, doing something great in the city and in our neighborhood. God, what are you going to do next? And he fills us with hope. Something great in my family. And he fills us with hope because he's always working. He's always working. And that's good for us. So how can we build a little silence into our lives? Let me just give you a couple little things. Number one, substitute. Take an activity that you normally do with noise and do it in silence. Great place to start. Uh, how many of you guys commute to work? Got a little drive to work? How many listen to the radio or a podcast or something? Try turning it off this week. Silence. Drive to work in silence. Just listen to what the Lord's saying. Uh, working out at the Y. Everybody's got their headphones on. <laughs> everybody's in a room. Nobody's talking because everybody's got their headphones on. Take the headphones off. No noise. Work out in silence. Uh, working on projects, going for a walk. Take something that you do with noise, and this week, do it in silence. Let to see what happens. Pray, God, I, w- I want to hear from you. Lord, what are you doing? And just be, create some space for him to speak, you know? Number two, create some space. Man, get, pick your place in your house, or go for a walk, make it intentional, and, it's, and just make, have some designed silence. No Bible, no music, no phone, just silence. And create a space. 
If you're a parent and you got little ones, get your spouse to watch the little ones. Just create some space. Carve out some time. Make it intentional silence and solitude. And do that. Pay attention to what's going on inside you. One thing I do, and, and you could do this too, is just write down what's coming to mind. Man, what's going on inside of you? Something comes up? Man, just make, it, make a little note. Interact with the Lord. God, why, is that, why am I having those thoughts when I get quiet? What's that all about? Don't be embarrassed. It could be mistakes. It could be just inappropriate thoughts. It could be all kinds of things. It's just bubbling to the surface. God, why is that in me? Lord, help me. And interact with him about it. Do this for six to eight weeks. Becomes a habit. Becomes part of your life. Mary and I fast on Tuesdays now. And uh, a lot of times I'll drink some liquid. But it's a habit now. We've done it for nine months. I can't imagine not doing it. It's hard not to do it. Because <laughs> we do it every week. And it's just one thing that we do. So build some rhythms of silence into your life. Um, and the last one was this. Maybe even take a retreat where you just go away and get alone for a few days. I've never done that by myself, although some people do. Um, I've done it with groups where we go away and we have some fellowship and some food. Then we just get away by ourselves for an hour or two at a time and have some silence. It's a silence retreat. And it's good for us. I guess the question is this. What is something that you can do to build some silence into your life, to help your body, to help your mind, to help your spirit, to help your emotions, and just hear from the Lord? Do you think there'd be some benefit? What's one thing you can do to start? I want to ask you to do something before we leave. We're going to do two things today before we leave, because I can't talk about silence and solitude and then have the worship team come up here and have a lot of noise. <laughs> so we're not going to do that today. We're going to do something different. Um, we're going to take five to ten minutes, longer if you want to stay, and we're just going to have five or ten minutes of silence. We're going to have some scripture verses on the, on the uh, rotating on the screens a little bit. But I want to, I want to invite you to start today Let's take five or ten minutes. Let's just listen. You can pray. Don't want you to talk to anybody. Don't want to answer your phone. Don't want you to check the clock. We've got ten minutes before we're done today. So it's just perfect. It's going to work out well. you got things to do today. Can you take five or ten minutes before we leave and just practice silence and solitude? It's going to be a weird way to end church. If you have some prayer needs, that arise out of this time, man, when we're done, there'll be some people up front who'd love to pray with you about stuff. But just interact with the Lord. You can write down what you hear. And in this time of five or ten minutes of solitude, I want to invite you to make one decision for your week of how you're going to add some rhythm of silence into your life this week. Make a decision before you leave this morning. What's one thing you're going to do this week to add some silence and add some solitude. Good enough? You okay? We're quiet today. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Let me pray. You talk to God where you are. And uh, Matt, maybe in 10 minutes you can sound some kind of, you can shout like Joshua told the people. When 10 minutes is over, you can shout and we'll know it's over. But, but feel free to stay as long as you want to. Okay, let's pray. 
Lord, we thank you that you're always working. Lord, you're always active. Lord, you know I've needed this in my life. I thank you for helping me with it. Holy Spirit, come. And Lord, just speak to us today. We love you.